0: Hey, you're listening to the Seven Hills Church Podcast. If you want to learn more about the church, including upcoming service times in both our Cincinnati, Ohio, and Florence, Kentucky locations, visit us online at sevenhillschurch.tv. We hope this message helps you win the day. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Good to see you
1: this morning. You can be seated Always good to be at Seven Hills. This is the first time I've been in a couple of years. First time I've been since uh, you're in the new building. But uh, what an incredible church that you get to be a part of. How many love your church? How many are thankful for Seven Hills? And I, I'm like, it's got to be—it's got to be easy to love your church when you have a pastor like you have. How many are grateful for Pastor Marcus, They're, his family? Oh my goodness! What an, an incredible leader. Of leaders. Let me tell you, you guys are just, you're impacting your city, but through Pastor Marcus, his wisdom, I know so many pastors that look to him for guidance, for wisdom. And so he's sharing that with others. And, and I just am so grateful for his friendship. And I'm, I'm calling him all the time. Hey, what would you do here? What do you think about this? And he's just an amazing leader, but I, I love him. I can't preach as good as him. So don't expect that today. <laughs> so, uh, and, and, and uh, as, uh, as you heard, my muscles aren't as big either. Uh, I I don't work out. I exercise. I get up every morning, run around the block two or three times, and then I put the block back under my bed. But um, that's kind of as far as I got. But um, we're we're trying, Luke. We try, you know. But uh, anyway, I I wish I could preach as good as... But everyone's got their own gift, right? You know, you got to be you. I got to be me. I can't be Pastor Marcus. I got to be me. I can't be you know, T.D. Jakes or Joyce Meyer or Joel Osteen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, thank you for joining us today. The other day, someone said, what's Dave Martin like? Someone said I was a mixture between Joel Osteen and Larry the Cable Guy. Like, I don't even know how you put those two. hold your Bible up with me and say, get her done. You know, I don't know how, I don't know how that goes together. But anyway... Uh, uh, I, I think life is a gift. I couldn't think any, of anything worse than getting a gift and not enjoying it. Could you, have you ever picked out a gift for somebody, maybe their birthday or anniversary, and you found just the perfect gift? You're like, I can't wait to give this to them. They're going to love it. And you give it to them. You're like, open it. Yeah. Right? Because you picked it out for them. You want to see that when you hate it, I'll, I'll open it later. And they just sit on, no, 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 now, come on. And, and that's how life, God's like, here, here's a gift. And some of you are like, okay, I'll, I'll get to it later. You're just kind of making it through. Like, like God picked out this gift just for you. God didn't go to Sam's or Costco just by life in bulk. It was like, Here y'all go. No, every one of us have a different gift. I love gifts. My wife uh, knows I love gifts. She just had her birthday. Uh, she turned 50 uh, just a few, few days ago. So uh, Yes, that was awesome. And, the, and, uh, and then in just a couple weeks coming up, we'll have our um, anniversary. We've been, we've been happily married now for 16 years. And um, and so we'll celebrate our 25th anniversary here in just a few days. But um, some of y'all get that on the way home. But uh, on her birthday, she goes, "It's my birthday." I said, "I know." She said, "I had a dream last night. You're going to give me a diamond necklace." She said, "What do you think that means?" <laughs> I said, when we go to dinner, you'll find out what it means. She was so excited. We went to, to dinner. I gave her a gift. She was ripping the paper off. And, and I bought her this book on the meaning of dreams. And um, I hope that helped. I had no clue what it meant myself. But uh, anyway, life, you got to enjoy. Gifts. Gifts are meant to be enjoyed. As Pastor Marcus said, uh, we pastor a church in Detroit, and now we also have a campus in Louisville. Uh, so just, just down the road. So if you know anybody in those areas, tell them to come by and see us. Motor City Church. I, I didn't really think I'd be a pastor again. I was a pastor years ago. My dad's a pastor, my grandfather. And, uh, but, but God kind of took me in some different directions. We end up in the, in the corporate, uh, arena on a tour called Get Motivated with some of the guys from Shark Tank and that kind of thing. And then, and then, uh, just before uh, the pandemic hit, uh, we were at our home in Florida, and God said, I-, I want you to pastor a church again. I said, oh, God, this must be awesome. Where-, where is it at? And he said, it's in Detroit. I said, God, I'm sorry. I don't know what I did wrong. <laughs> Forgive me. And, uh, but we went to Detroit, and we started Motor City Church. And of course, uh, I couldn't have picked a better day because of the strong prophetic gift on my life, March the 15th, 2020. Uh, this pandemic hit about that same time, uh, the same day we started it, everything shut down. But hey, God's been faithful, and it's been amazing the last couple of years what God's done. And so we're so grateful. Uh, we're so grateful for that. But um, look, let me, let, me get it, let me get into this right, right away today, because I, I think it's going to help you. Uh, I just want to talk to you about kind of where I was, what God said to me, what God showed me, and then, and then where we are today. So where I was, what God said... And where we are today. So I I grew up, like I said, I grew up in church, grew up poor. I was a poor kid growing up, didn't have a lot. We we thought you're supposed to be poor anyway, because my dad told us that poor people go to heaven. And uh, so we did everything we could to stay broke. Um, We were trying to get to heaven. My dad told us if the ice cream truck was playing music, that meant they were out. Um, Yeah. So um, we go to Kentucky Fried Chicken, lick other people's fingers. You know what I'm saying? That's just... That's kind of how bad it was. But uh, I, I grew up that way and, and just, you know, got, got married and, and my wife and I were just starting out. We lived in a little uh, government-assisted uh, apartment complex, like Section 8 housing, just kind of getting started. We didn't have a bed, had a little air mattress, didn't have a dining room table and chairs. We were just, just starting. And, uh, and, and uh, we were starting our ministry, Dave Martin International. You <laughs> know, People would laugh at us like, International, where y'all been? <laughs> We'd never been anywhere, but... Uh, we had a dream, right? It was a small ministry. I did everything, answer my own phones. I was like, "Dave Martin International, <laughs> can I speak with Dave? Uh, one moment, please." <clears throat> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and so in the in the process of that, uh, we I heard this message about. God wanting to partner with me and, and, and uh, getting this partnership with me. I'm like, well, that didn't make, that, not the way I grew up, it didn't make sense. Because the way I grew up, you know, you just, you just try to get to heaven, right? Uh, you fight the devil the whole time you're here. Hopefully one day it'll all be over. You'll make it to heaven. Because everything here is bad. It's a sin. And, uh, and, and, and so we couldn't do anything. We couldn't go to the movies. Sin. We couldn't go bowling. Sin. Couldn't play video games. sin. Everything is a sin except going to church. If me and my brother wanted to play, we played church. That's all. We'd play. I'd preach. He'd get saved. He'd been saved a lot. He'd been saved a lot. We'd baptize each other to my dad caught us. Said, uh, but in that, in that, uh, my wife and I just get married. Someone began to talk to me about this partnership that God wanted with us, and 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 and, and he really challenged us to trust God and to step into this partnership with him. And uh, one thing I've become convinced of over, over the years is as you and I as Christians, so many times we live beneath our privileges. We live beneath the privileges of what God's already done for us because we have this awesome God who has incredible, unbelievable blessings for each one of us. And, uh, and so many of us walk around and we live our lives as what I would call kind of spiritual paupers. Just kind of just trying to get by. One day it'll all be over. And, and when I, I started thinking about it, we're missing out on the benefits that God's already provided for us. Jesus paid way too high of a price. The, the song we just kind of sang there uh, at the end, I, I'll never know how much it costs to see my sins up on the cross. See, a lot of times we think with well, Jesus died on the cross, so we could go to heaven. But there was so much more that was covered in what he went through that day on the cross. And, uh, and, and I, I'm so happy we're all going to heaven. But yet there's all these other things that have been covered when he paid the price. And he paid way too high of a price for you not to benefit or enjoy the benefits of the price that he paid. And those those stripes, we say, on his back. And we see the movies, and they're just, you know, whipping them back and forth. But if you really understood what it was, the, the, the cat of nine tails, and how they would, it would dig into their back, and he would, they would rip it, uh, rip the skin they did on each shoulder. And, uh, and, uh, and it was to rip those muscles, the shoulder muscles, so when they was on the cross... Uh, you know the cross was for suffocation. That's they, they, so they would collapse and suffocate. And there, there's whole we could go into on that. But the, the, he did that so you could walk in healing, right? He paid the price for your healing. We're talking about mental health awareness and the. the I think about the crown of, of thorns and the blood that streamed down. We, we picture that, but could you imagine the, the blood that maybe went to his brain or the the pressure that he felt by having those crown of thorns? That's so that you could have freedom in your stress. Where do you feel pressure? In your mind, in your so stress, anxiety, mental illness, all that's already been paid for. And yet we're just struggling. Well, it's just something I deal with. Some go to counseling. No, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going to counseling. You need to do that. But there's, there's a, a high price that's already been paid for your freedom. And so when I begin to understand that, I begin to look at that and, and, and I said, well, God, if you did all this, I, I, I don't want to miss out on something that you've already paid for already that's already been provided for me it's like it's like if you've ever had an insurance policy and you don't know what's covered you're like i could have got that that was already covered in the but you never read the policy right it's like the bible is your policy if if he said it it's covered it reminds me of this this boy wanted to come to america years ago and uh he he got a ticket on this ship this is before you just jump on a flight he's coming from england to america and he he saved up enough money to get a ticket if I get to America, I can begin my life over, you know, live live the American dream kind of thing. And so, he, he didn't have enough money for for food or all the extra stuff that would happen on the ship. He just had enough, barely enough. Just to buy the ticket. So he bought the, the least expensive ticket. And he packed a little bag with some, some bread and some stuff in it, A little jar with some water. He thought, man, if I could just ration this out. Over the few days it would take me, I'll get to America. I'll start over again. And the first night, of course, was time for dinner. And he looked in the, the dining hall there. And the beautiful tables just set with all this food. He's like, I don't have enough money. For the food. And so he went downstairs, had a little bit of bread, a little bit of water. Second day, time for breakfast, he looks in, sees all the food that's prepared. He didn't have enough money for the food. He went down, had a little bit of bread, just began to ration it out. About the third day, the captain said, Young yeah, man, I noticed every day when it's time to eat, you come up here, you look in, you see all this food that's prepared, but you never go in and, and have any of it. Can I ask you why you never go eat any of the food? He said, Well, Captain, he said, When I, I bought my ticket, He said, I didn't have enough money for the food. I just barely had enough to get a ticket. And and the captain said, young man, he said, didn't you realize when you purchased your ticket that all the food was included? Everything he needed was already included in the ticket. When Jesus died on the cross for you, he purchased the ticket. And everything you need has been included in the ticket. He already paid the price. And yet we got so many Christians that are just trying to get by a little bit of bread, a little bit of water. Just one day I'm going to get to heaven. He paid way too high of a price for you not to enjoy the benefits, the promises. And the Bible is full of promises, full of promises of what God wants to do for you. I remember growing up, my mom had this little, little, plastic loaf of bread that had a bunch of little cards in it. You could pull out a card in the morning and it would have one of the promises from the Bible. And there's all kinds of promises in there. And, uh, cause there's all kinds of promises in the Bible. And then that loaf of bread had all the good promises. I mean, there's some promises, you know, like John sixteen thirty three. he promises that you'll have trials and tribulation and <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Just wanted to encourage you a little bit today uh yeah we're, we're all gonna have some trials tribulations right you're gonna life is not perfect look i'm not saying I, I would life's not perfect how many have ever been on an airplane that hit turbulence anybody yeah what'd you do when the airplane hit turbulence prayed prayed yeah held on but did anybody get off the plane no you don't get off the plane. You hold on. You buckle up. You, you listen for instruction. You pray. Uh, same thing in life, right? How many have hit some turbulence in life? Things got a little bumpy in life. What do you do? Pray. Hold on. Can't quit. Life's tough. I'm out. Just forget it. No, you, you got you, you to gotta hold on. How many have been on an airplane to hit turbulence, and you're still here? Let me see your hands. We made it. Look, we all made it. Look, look, look over even over in Anderson, they made it over there. Good. Look, we all we're making it, and and, and so we're going to have some trials, tribulations. But be of good cheer. I was sitting next to a lady on the plane the other day, and she'd never flown before, and so uh, she was all nervous. So we talked for a few minutes there, and we sat down, and and I said, "Don't worry, you know it's going to be fine." I'm on the plane, and. Um, <laughs> And so I went to sleep. I I, I fall asleep real easy on the plane. Before we even take off, I'm usually asleep. And in about 20 minutes in, we hit turbulence. It just started getting a little bumpy. And I felt her start hitting my legs. She goes, hey, hey, hey. I'm like, huh. She's like, do something. I was like, what what do you want me to do? She goes, I don't know, aren't you? You said you're like a preacher or something. I said, well, uh, yeah, I'm like a preacher, I'm not like a pilot, you know. She goes, I don't. She goes, do something religious. (laughs) So so I got up and took an offering. I thought that'd be um, in the world. You'll have some trials, some tribulation, but but be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Let let me let me show you a couple of these promises because they explained to me how God wanted to be in this partnership with me. And this was this was you know twenty five years ago now, and and I I got it. I saw it. I said. I'm in for that. That God wants to be my partner. Of course, God being the senior partner, uh, us being the, 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 the smaller partner. But yet everything, when you're in a partnership, everything that he has available is available to you in that partnership. But in a partnership, each person has their part. You have a part. I have a part. But yet the benefits are, are, are there. And so I started looking at some of these, these benefits, like, like God promises peace. God promises us peace. So as the senior partner, he says, look, I got this available for you. And, uh, and, and so what's my part? Here's peace. What do I need to do? And look in Philippians chapter 4. Let me just show you a couple of these real quick. Philippians 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. So my part, pray about everything and be grateful. Pray and be grateful. So, that, wow, you see, that's my part. But then God says, okay, that's, that's your part. Then there's God's part, because it's a, a partnership. It's not just all God, and it's certainly not all us. There's both of us in this relationship. So Paul says, you do these two things, and then here's what God's gonna do. Look at verse seven. And then you will experience God's peace. How many want God's peace? Right? Pray about everything and be grateful. You'll experience God's peace that exceeds anything that we could understand, a peace that is beyond comprehension. So he's like, I got it available for you. You do your part, I'll do my part. Another great one, another promise, Genesis chapter 12, verse uh, one through three. He says here, I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. it's my part, I will bless you. Your part, pass it along. How simple is that? Just say this with me. Say, I'm blessed. To be, a to be a blessing. The purpose of God's blessing is so that you can be a blessing. In this building are water pipes. There's all kinds of water pipes, right? They, uh, what's the purpose of the water pipe? The purpose of the water pipe is to move water from one part of the building to the other part of the building. The purpose of the water pipe is not to get wet. That's not the purpose. The purpose is to distribute water. Same thing with God's blessing. The purpose of God's blessing is not so I can get blessed. The purpose of God's blessing is so that I can be a blessing, so I can distribute blessings. Right? And uh, now, in the process of the water pipe distributing water, how many know the pipe does get wet? Not the purpose, part of the process. In the process of me being a blessing, God blesses me, right? Why? So that I can be another blessing, I can be a greater blessing. Now, God doesn't mind you having a boat, that's not what I'm saying. Well, I, I can't have anything. I just got to use all my, I just got to bless it. No, in the process, you get blessed. It can't be the purpose of the blessing, but it's just part of the process. I don't mind. God, God's fine with you having a boat. He'd, he'd really like you to invite me to spend some time on it with you. <laughs> so I think it's fine. But but, but look here, it says, it says leave your, your native country, uh, Prover- Genesis 12, your father's family. Go the land that I'm gonna I'm gonna send you, and I'll bless you, make you famous, and you'll be a blessing to others. I'll bless those who bless you, curse those who, who curse you, and all the flames on earth will be blessed. So he makes this covenant, God's a blessing to Abraham by saying, I'm gonna bless you. Your part, turn around, use that to bless others. How easy is that? That's your responsibility. So I'm always looking for ways to be a blessing. I love to find ways that I can bless others. The other day we were at Taco Bell, my son and I, and in the, a, in the booth next to us was a lady planning a birthday party with her son. And he may be about 10 years old. And so they're talking about the birthday party. And he said, I've got a list of 12 friends I wanted to bring to the birthday party. His mom says, you can't bring 12 friends. You can only bring 10 friends. He said, but I got 12 friends. She said, well, I can't afford enough pizza for 12. I can only afford enough pizza for 10. There's this many pizzas, this many slices per pizza. And she's explaining the whole thing. And he's 10 years old. He doesn't get the whole pizza equation, right? He wants all of his friends at the party. And then the mom starts getting upset because as a mom, she wants him to be able to have all of his kids, all of his friends at the party. It's just a money thing. She just can't afford to do it. So he's getting upset. She's getting upset. I'm sitting right there next to him, listening to the whole thing. And I'm thinking, I got to do something. I should do do something, I'm a Christian, here's somebody with a need, and I'm like, what would a good Christian do if they heard about someone with a need, right? And I did exactly what you're thinking. I said, I'm gonna pray for them. (laughs) Isn't that what we do? We'll be praying for you, I hope that all works out. (laughs) How often do we pray about things that God's already given us the ability to solve, right? We can pray about, oh, I hope that works out, but, but yet God's already, that's one thing I love about our, our church here at Seven Hills is look at all that we do in the community, all that we do in the city to help others. God blesses us to be a blessing, right? Oh, we pray that all works out. No, no, we're going to get involved and we're going to help, help it work out. God blesses us to be a blessing. So I'm sitting there thinking I, I should do something. I, I could pray for them. you know. I could pray God would multiply their pizza like the loaves and fishes. Remember that story, I could, I could work. I pray, Lord, give them wisdom if they, to cut smaller slices. Smaller slices. Lord, I pray one of his friends would move. Um, let one be vegan. We're down to 10, okay. Yeah, I got, I, I, then all of a sudden I remembered, I remembered I had a $100 bill in my pocket. When God blesses you, he's got a lot more than you in mind right? He blesses you to be a blessing. So I just took the hundred dollar bill out. I walked over the table. I said, excuse me. I said, I don't mean to interrupt you guys. I wasn't eavesdropping on your conversation. I was just listening to it. <laughs> and, um, I, I heard, I heard about the party and, and look, here's hundred dollars. Invite those other friends and you guys have a, a blessed day. God bless you. And I just turned around and walked away because it wasn't about me. Right? I didn't need, like, hey, here's $100. Here's my, my car, my church, Motor City Church. Come on, check us out, business sometime. Follow me on Instagram. Um, it, w- it wasn't about me, right? By, by the way, you should totally follow me on Instagram. Um, it's a lot of fun. But uh, at Dr. Dave Martin. But, but here's the thing. It w- wasn't about me. So I, I left. I just left. I'm sure she told her friends. We were sitting there in Taco Bell, in this big, bald angel game.) And... Uh, so I'm looking for ways to be a blessing. I love that our, our church, we have a, a, a campus in, in one of the prisons. How awesome is that to be able to, to go and, and to, be, to be a blessing there? One, one of the things that uh, Luke mentioned, uh, a book, we, I brought one of our uh, book, I wrote a few years ago. How many have ever made a mistake? Have you ever made a mistake? Okay. I hope there's enough left for you guys. Um <laughs> It's only for people who make mistakes. But anyway, uh, I was sitting in the, um, in, in the lobby of the Island Hotel in, in Newport, California, and, and God's given us the opportunity to, to minister and to, to be able to coach and do some things with some, uh, some great athletes, and I was sitting with a guy named Kobe Bryant, and, uh, and Kobe, in 2014, he had set the record for the most missed shots in the history of the NBA, the most missed shots. How awesome of a record would you like? Yeah. But, but anyway, seven days after he set the record for the most missed shots, he passed up a guy by the name of Michael Jordan for the most points scored during his career. Same guy with the most missed shots, passes up one of the greatest players of all time. And, and, and I said, how did you do it? He said, I just took another shot. I said, what do you mean? He said, I just, I just took another So many people let the fear of failure or the fear of criticism keep them from trying again. So they never just get back up and take another shot. Sometimes you just got to take another shot. Just right, try again. I thought of that last night. I got in the elevator at the hotel and this lady looked at me. She goes, you look just like my third husband. (laughs) And I thought about her. I was like, another shot. Talk about that. I was like, how many times have you been married? (laughs) And she said twice. Um, Anyway, um, but we're all, gonna, we're all gonna miss some shots along the way, right? And so, so the book's all about how to get back up. And one thing I love is blessed to be a blessing. Every time someone buys a copy of that book, we give a copy to an inmate, someone in prison that could really use another shot. So we're blessed. We're blessed to be a blessing. We're all gonna get knocked down. Evander Holyfield, there's a quote on the back, and, and I I'm, I'm mentioned that. I'm not trying to drop names, I'm just trying to. It makes sense when you know who said it. I'm not a name dropper, right? If anything, if anything I've learned from spending time with Oprah, it's that, um, so you shouldn't drop it. Okay. It's not, it's not getting knocked down that makes you lose the fight. It's not getting back up, right? Just, just say this, say I'm blessed, I'm blessed. to be a blessing. Uh, let me, let me give you, uh, oh my goodness. Let me give you another one. Uh, another promise, right? Uh, that God gives us is the, the promise of security. Of feeling secure. In the, in the world today, my goodness, security is really fleeting. I mean, it could be any area. Maybe, maybe at one point you're, you, you were physically healthy and today you're not doing so well. I had a friend of mine just a few days ago, great health, thought nothing was wrong. And uh, in a matter of hours, he's in the hospital and they're telling his wife he may just have days left to live. Uh, you, you think maybe you thought your marriage was secure. Today it's not. Your kids were younger. You thought, oh, everything's going to be fine, and they have grown up, and it's not as well as you thought it was going to be, right? Maybe, I mean, the past couple of years with the, with the pandemic and, and the economy right now and all that's going on, maybe you felt financially secure, and right now you're just not sure what you're going to do. But how do you get to this place where you really feel secure, and Jesus said, hey here's how you do it. You put your trust you don't find your security or your pride or or your in your accomplishments or what you 've done or what you've made. you can easily lose that. He said, Where you find it is when you put your trust in God. when you put your trust not in your earthly treasure, not in the things that you've done. The bible says that's where where uh uh, moth and rust, and uh, you know you store, you get a bunch of extra clothes, and moth can eat it up. You get something just in your garage turns rusty, or, or you put it, you you, know, you store it all up in the bank. Thieves can rob the bank, right? <laughs> they, they were at the bank, and the guy in front of me was robbing the bank. i, I stand right in front of me, and his mask kind of fell off, and he, he, the teller he said, "Did you see my face?" And, and, and the teller said, I, "I did." He shot the teller. He turned around, and looked at me and my wife. He said, "Did either one of you see my face?" And my wife said, "He did." that was a joke but uh anyway that that didn't even happen but uh i thought it was pretty funny don't trust in the world don't trust in your money it's all that stuff's reliable uh, as unreliable but put your trust in god who gives us everything that we need for our enjoyment tell them use your money to do good to to be rich in good works and generous to others and always be ready to share with others. Then it says, you will store up your treasure in heaven as a good foundation for the future, right? How do you find security? How do you get that good foundation that gives you security for your family, for your future to build your life on? Be a blessing others. Look for for ways. Don't store it all up for yourself. Uh, Another thing he promises is guidance. I'm going to give you guidance. Partner with me and he'll give you direction. Knowing his will. One of the greatest, the greatest knowledge is knowing his will. The greatest thing is doing his will. The greatest achievement. So he, he says, my will will become known to you. My plan will become known to you as you obey the word of God, right? The Bible is God's written will, it's hard to do the unwritten will until you start at least doing the written will, right? I love what uh, Mark Twain, he says, not the part of the Bible I don't understand that bothers me. It's the part that I do understand, right? How many believe the Bible? How many believe the Bible? Okay. It's like about a little over half of you. It's like a few more in Anderson. And, uh, anyway, uh Yeah. Most of us, most of us do, but I mean, have you ever thought about it? Like we're trying to do all this stuff that's in the Bible, but what if God didn't really, really even write it? Right? I mean, think of, I mean, what, you ever thought about that? What if God didn't write this? We were trying to do all this. You ever thought about that? Come on, be honest. You're not going to go to hell. Let me see your hand. If you ever, right? Okay, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of stuff in that book. So I started thinking one day because if God didn't write it, I'm trying to do it. If God didn't write it, I want to know who did. I started thinking of people I knew. I tried to narrow it down. Maybe my Uncle Tony wrote it. Uh, He don't do do a whole lot. And and then I found that scripture, if you don't work, you don't eat. Like, Uncle Tony didn't write that, I I know. I mean, if you start thinking about it, you know, I know my son didn't write it. Spare the rod, spoil the child. Wouldn't have put that in there. Maybe my wife wrote it. Submit to your... Nope. Uh... Be honest. How many? If you'd have wrote the Bible, how many could think of like three things you would not have put in there? Right. there have been like eight commandments. Tithing would have been lower. Let's say five percent. Here's what I know: no human being could have ever wrote a standard this high. So if God said it, I'm just crazy enough to believe it. And all throughout the Bible, he tells us all these promises that, that he wants to partner with us on and walk alongside us with and partner with. And the whole issue of, of, of God being the bigger partner, us being the smaller partner. And then he throws out this challenge to become his partner. You've got to put him first. You got to put him first and, 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 and then let him do it. And of all the lessons, we can talk about all those different places of, of promises and our part and his part. And, and, and here, let me give you one last one. It, it'll be the hardest one. I just saved it for last so you can enjoy the first part. Um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you up front, this will be the most difficult one for you to obey, and, but it'll be the most rewarding principle. And I'm going to talk to you about, about the place that God has in your life when it comes to your possessions. Uh, because... God has to be first in every area of your life, right? And we, we like to give him first in this area, first in that area, but he wants to be first in every area. And I have found this, when you really give him your heart, when he has first place in your heart, it makes it easier to put him first place in your marriage, first place in your business, first place in your finances, but it starts with your, with your heart, And so I want to share with you this biblical principle Jesus taught us. And if you listen carefully, if you obey the principle, you know, in the Bible, there's 500 verses, over 500 verses on prayer. So we know it's important. About 500 verses, a little less on faith. We know faith is important. You can't even get saved without faith. The Bible says everybody needs a little bit, has a little bit of faith. But then I found there's more than 200 verses when it comes to this area of our finances, our money, or our possessions, Jesus did a lot of teaching through parables, through stories. About 38 parables, half of them are all about possessions and, and money because he knew this was something that we, that we needed to understand and, and this biblical principle of, of what, what the Bible calls tithing. Now, when you hear the word tithing, tithe, all it means, it just means 10%, right? It's not, it's not, a, it's not a Bible word, it's just a math word. Tithe means tenth. And, and, and the Bible talks to us about this. And in Malachi chapter three, it talks about the purpose of the tithe. So let me just show you this for, for a, a quick second. I'm not going to take long, uh, but, but some of you maybe grew up like I did. And, and, uh, and we grew up, you know, you better pay your tithe or God will kill you. You know, that's kind of how I, anybody else grew up like that. Yeah, you know, we were scared out of the tithe. God was like the godfather of the mafia. And tithe was like protection money, just... If God his money, he won't break your legs. Um, we went to kids' church. They taught us songs in kids' church. God will take it out of your hide if you don't pay your tithe. You know, we were, like, we were scared, right, of, the, of this whole thing. It's like, can you pass the money test? And as I got older and began to understand this whole partnership, it really has nothing. This whole tithing thing has nothing to do with money anyway. We think it's all about money. It's not a money test at all. It's really just a trust test. That's really all. That's the, whole, the whole purpose of it is... is, is to trust, right? I mean, it starts back in Genesis 14. First time you start hearing about tithing and Abraham started doing this. Why? Because he trusted God and because he was thankful. Not because he had to do it, not because it was in the Bible, not because the preacher told him, because he was thankful, because he understood that everything, the fact that you woke up this morning, breath, it came from God. Everything we've got came from him. And so to so bring back a little bit, it's not a hard thing. I mean, how could that be a hard thing to do when he's first place? And over 30 more times, all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament and the New Testament. You know what I found the other day? This is why it's so important that you're connected to your church. That's why I encourage you, get in Summit, get planted here. because The Bible says your life will flourish. But there's over 30 verses in the New Testament that you cannot see activated in your life if you're not a part of a local church. So it's so important that you get planted here. And if you're visiting, I can't tell you... Get to some and get planted, uh, and, and uh, I promise you you'll be glad that you, that you, that you did. But uh, really the whole purpose of this, the purpose of the tithe was really just to establish and to demonstrate our commitment to God. That's the whole purpose, to demonstrate our commitment to God. So this guy, Malachi, he's this prophet, and, and he came to the people of God. He wanted to address them. You can read all about it in Malachi chapter three. And uh, he, he, he said, that we got this issue that you guys have turned away from God. And they're like, what are, what are you talking about? I mean, he, uh, he told them they turned away from God. And they're like, wait a minute. You don't know what you're talking about. We haven't, how have we turned away from God? We go to church. We show, up at, we, we, we show up at church. We make sacrifices. We serve sometimes. How have we turned away from God? And Malachi says, I'll tell you how, because you haven't been giving God your best. What, what, do you, what do you mean? Basically, he says you're you're only giving God what's comfortable. You're giving him some the crumbs, the leftover. You just it's, it's just what you feel what, what you feel comfortable. You're making you're you're giving sacrifices, but you're not giving your best. I mean, God gave His best, right, for you and me. It's easy for me to give my best because I realize God gave His best. Jesus, when He died, if it was just for me, He would have still done it. And 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 He's like, look, you're giving your lame animals and your blind animals. You're going to church, but you're, you're not going all the time when you feel like it, when it's convenient. And you're serving God out of a convenience instead of out of a commitment. And God wants us committed. So when Malachi uh, looks at, at the, the church and he says, look, the purpose of the tithe, 10%, is to demonstrate your commitment. Now the problem is that uh, you're far from God, and that's why it's hard for you because you're you're far from God. He's like, what are they're like, what do you mean? He goes, you got to return to God. like, how are we how are we we far from you? In verse eight, he says, well, you're far from me because you're cheating me because you're not bringing ten percent uh, back to me. And I'm, I'm trying to jump through this real quick because I, I want you to get this. And so Malachi goes to the church. He says, look, here's what happened. Uh, you've drifted so far away from God. He said, what happens is you you quit giving God first place in your life. And when you quit giving Him first place in your heart, in your life, you quit giving Him first place in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, and you start giving God what's left over. Giving is not a step in getting closer to God. You don't give in order to get closer to God. That's not what I'm saying. But giving is a result of being close to God because when he's first place when when you're close to him in other words you know talk is cheap what are you going to what are you going to do so God says look I want you to try this thing bring the tithe try it see if it'll see see if it doesn't make a difference the tithe percentage 10% where do you bring it to the storehouse that's your church that's the place where you're getting fed the tithe doesn't go uh to your 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 sister-in-law who had a hard time this month need a little help with her rent That's not where you don't give your tithe to your, your, your cousins who are going through. No, that you can bless them. And I encourage you be a blessing, but your tithe, the 10% belongs to the storehouse. How many believe the Bible? Okay. Less of you. I I get it. I get it. But, um, the place where you, where, where you worship. And, and so, um, like I said, you don't tie to some preacher on TV, you don't tie to your favorite preacher on the internet, you're you tied to your storehouse so that God can open up the windows of heaven over your life and, and, and pour out blessings. And then you give, you give through your church, not just to your church. The, the greatness of a church is not how much money it, it takes in, the greatness of a church is, is how much money it gives out. And you're a part of a church that's making a huge difference. As you give, we make a huge difference in our community, in the world, in other churches. And so um, you, you, under, you understand that. So the purpose is there'll be food in the house. And then God says, look, test me. Try it. Only place in the Bible God says, test me. I, I'm going I'm to show you just a, a quick video. And, uh, and, and then I'm going I'm to show you one last illustration. I'll get you out of here in the next like 10 minutes or so. Um, but this is a young couple at our church that, that decided to put God to the test. The only place in the Bible where he says you can test him um, is right here. And, and I think he said it because money is one of the hardest things for us to give up, right? Because we work all everything we have to get it. And so he wants to show us that he, he, there's this unbelievable blessing and promise when you do your part, he does his part. You bring your part. And he says, look, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven. And so Anthony uh, and Eliana, a young couple in our church, they said, we want to share our story. And so they shared their their story and they said, he's kind of an introvert. So he's like, I don't want to share it in front of anybody. And can I make a video? I'm like, sure, you can make a video. And he made this video, which was fabulous. But uh, I, I love how he shares their decision to trust God, to put him to the test and see if he wouldn't do what he said he'd do.
0: Watch this real quick. We were watching an online service one day, and Eliana told me, I think we should start tithing. I told her, I like to serve the Lord with my time, you know, I like to help people. I wasn't much of a money giver, so I said, maybe we can go volunteer somewhere, or maybe we can go out every week and feed the homeless. She said, no, we have to bring 10% of what we made to the storehouse, which is the church. That is what it says in the Bible. I was like, 10%? That seems like a lot. I did some calculations real quick and said, that's like $500 a month, yo! To me, that was was expensive. To me, that was an expensive car payment. And she didn't even have a car at the time. She was working from home and we were trying to save money for a house. But she didn't let up. See, Eliana was like my spiritual leader at the time. She answered, and this is straight from Malachi 3.10 if you're wondering. In the Bible, it says, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it." I swear, she had an aura around her and she was glowing and everything. I was like, it says that? It does, because I checked. So I gave it some thought and I was like, well, let's give it a go. If God says to test him, if God says to test him, you gotta do it, right? So we prayed together about the seed we were gonna start sowing and we had faith. We continued to give, even though we weren't able to save as much for a house. And we also started to attend church in person as we wanted to continue steps toward Jesus. You know, So we just kept on believing that God would overflow our lives with blessings and we just kept praying and have faith. And then about a little less than a month went by, I think is what it was. And I had a dream or something. In my dream, I received an idea for for a business, the business that I currently own. In this dream, I even saw the logo as clear as day. I woke up from that dream and I grabbed my phone and I started typing straight into my notes app. And it was like 15 minutes went by and I was just going at it. And I had written down my marketing pitch, the about section of our website, and I knew exactly how I was going to market the business. I was so excited, I woke up Eliana in the middle of the night like, babe, babe, I had a dream, I had a dream. She woke up with an angry face like, why are you waking me up right now, dude? I said, I know what we have to do. I started to read back to her what I just wrote. And as I got towards the end, I noticed that her face turned into a huge smile. And she said, I told you. Since then, our business has been doing amazing, even through the pandemic. Thank God we are like number one sketchbook on Amazon, by the way, check it out. But anyways, we're able to give a lot more than that initial $500 a month that I was so afraid to give at first. And just just to put things into perspective or as proof of God's promise, there have been more than a few times where we did not have enough inventory to fill the, the sales or the demand of people wanting our sketchbook. And talk about so much blessing that there would not be room enough to store it, amen? I wonder how God wants to bless you. You know, you could, a young
1: couple, they're like, oh, we, we want to buy a house. We're saving up for a house. And you think, well, when I, when I do that, then I'll start tithing. But no, as soon as you do that, you got to furnish the house. Well, when, I, when we furnish the house, and then, no, no, then you're going to have kids. And then you have kids. Well, once we get the kids taken care of, then we'll start. No, no, listen, there's never a good time to start. Never a good time. Well, no better time anyway than now. What if you started right now? Well, I got to figure this. I got to figure this. That's why it's about trust. This is God. I trust you, and, and it, it's about putting God first. You know, see, we can put ourselves first, or we can put God first, and every week we have a choice. Uh, every every time we have a choice. This week, am I going to put God first? I, I was teaching this to my my son. I, I think Marcus did this illustration, and I, I just want to show it to you again because I use this. This is great for your kids, and I figure if, if my kids can understand it, hopefully you'll be able to understand it. Uh, but it's, it's it's just real simple because it's it's about. God first versus self first. We have a choice. You get paid, right? Every every week, every month, every two weeks, however you get paid, and you come home, you got your check. Now I love to teach budgeting and I work a lot with those kind of things and so I was telling my son, you know, you get your you get your check, right? You get your your pie. And you got you got to take your piece of the pie, right? Everybody's got everyone wants a piece of the pie, don't they? And and so I said you got to learn how to divide the the pie. So this is your paycheck, whatever you get get paid, whether it's working a part time job and and Grandpa gives you twenty bucks, or or whether you're you know working in in business or whatever it may be, and you you got your pie and you and you uh, and you got to divide it up. So as you get older, you know, of course, one of the things you're going to have is a mortgage or or your rent, and you want a, a place to stay, and that's the most important thing. You have a roof over your head and. And so the first thing you want to do is make sure you get that taken care of. And, and that's usually a pretty big chunk of the, of the pie. I got a place to stay, but I couldn't have a place to stay. I wouldn't have the money for that if I didn't have a job and I got to need a car to get to my job. So you want to have a, you got to have a car and I got my car and, uh, oh, my wife, she wants a car too. So I give, give her a car, and, and, uh, and then, oh, with, with gas prices these days, there's a whole other chunk of, of the pie, and, and, uh, and, I, and I start cutting it up, and then, oh, I got my credit card bill, I got to take care of that, uh, and then, uh, oh, we got uh, Netflix, and, um, cause you know, we got a, you got a cell phone. I got my cell phone. You gotta have your cell phone. Don't call me on oh, my cell phone. And, uh, and so I got myself and it just keeps going. Right. And, and, uh, utilities and, uh, oh, me, me. I mean, who did all the work to get all this? I wouldn't have nothing if it wasn't about me. Right. I got up in the morning. I use my gifts, my town. So I want to enjoy them. go to the movies, go to dinner. So there's me. Um, and, and then, uh, uh, God, and we're at church Sunday now, we got to give God something. And, and, uh, well, God, you've been so good to me. Wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for you. And so I just want to give you, I just want to give you everything that I got left. Right? And God says, look, you can trust me and give me the first, or you can say, hey, once I take care of me, then God, I'm gonna give you what's left, and, and that's what Malachi's saying. You, you guys have left me. You've gone away from me. So how have we gone away from you? Because you're just giving me the leftovers. You're just giving me not the best. You're giving me the blind animals and the lame animals. You're not giving me your best. And a lot of us, that's what we do. We got well, God, here's here's just a little bit for you. Just last little bit of crumbs from the table, and and that's a choice. I think that's a selfish choice. That's a self first choice. Our other choice is say, God. I'm going to put you first now i think this is what the bible asks us to do and when we put them first in our heart it makes it easy to put them first when it comes to our finances and so we say god i put you first and so i'm explaining to my son you can do all this and give god some crumbs that are left or you can say god the first part the best part i'm giving to you and so you take that first piece of the pie that first 10 percent, and you say god i honor you i bless you i wouldn't have i wouldn't even have a pie if it wasn't for you, right? I wouldn't even have the pie. And so I'm thankful for the pie. And so I'm going to give you a piece first. God, thank you. I remember my dad used to tell me growing up that, he, that the 90% of the pie would go much further than the 100%. And I'm like, the 100% took everything. I just had a little bit left. If I give God his piece first, I mean, look, I got less pie. How is less pie going to get further than the whole pie? And, and he said, well, because God will bless He'll put his blessing on the 90%. I said, okay, you got to bless the 90%, but um, uh, but it, it can't be more than... He said, no, no, I don't know about you, but I would rather have 90% of a blessed pie than 100% of a non-blessed pie, right? Um, so I can, I can choose. Like, like, I can do it on my own, or I can say, God, here's your part. Now bless my 90%. And then God says, okay, I'm going to pour out blessings. And you say, how in the world could the pie get better? Because he, he pours out blessing on it. And all of a sudden, God begins to pour out blessing on your 90%. And all of a sudden, 90% gets so much better than the whole... I'd have, rather have 100%, 90% that was blessed... Then a hundred percent that wasn't because then God says, not only will I, I bless, I, I bless you in the process, right? <sighs> oh yeah. He said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm. And so he said, look, not only will I, I bless you, I'm going to pour out blessings on all these other parts of your life. And, and he said, that's what I want to do. I want to open up the windows of heaven. How? By saying, God, look, I wouldn't have any of it if it wasn't for you. So I make a decision today to put you first. It's really a simple decision. And God says, if you'll do that, I'll open up the windows of heaven. How many ever had a window that wouldn't stay open? You ever had a window that wouldn't stay open? You had to put a book in it or a stick or something to try to keep it. I had a window like that growing up. And, And that's what God says. I'll open up the windows of heaven. Now, here's the thing. When you don't put him first, or maybe you're inconsistent, your window goes up, your window goes down. Your window goes up, your window goes down. Or maybe you never even get it open because you haven't made the decision, put me first. I'll open up the windows of heaven. By consistently honoring God, what you do is you put a stick in the window, right? You're putting a book in the window. You're keeping the windows of heaven open over your life. Why? So that God can pour out blessings on you that you won't have room enough to receive. How many want God's blessing on your family? How many want God's blessing on your business? Want God's blessing on your finances? You want God's blessing on your mind. He says, look, trust me, honor me, put me first. I'll open up the windows of heaven. Maybe you've never tried it before. Maybe it's been a long time. I'll tell you this, more important than that is that you put him first in your heart. When he's first in your heart, you can trust him to do what he said that he would do. Bow your heads with me real quick. Just, I'm not gonna take, but a minute, I just wanna pray. Whether you're online, whether you're in Anderson, whether you're here, Florence, and our, our campus here in the building, if you'd say, Dave, You know what? I've never made the decision to put him first in my heart. And I want to do that today. I hear what you're saying about these other areas. And I understand that those will be easier to put them in my marriage and my, my business, my finances, all those. But, but first I got to get him right in my heart. Or maybe, maybe you say, Dave, at one point God was first place in my heart. But if I'm real honest, he's, he's not right now. I've allowed some other things to come before God. And so today I want to, I make a decision. I want to put God back first place. Maybe it was a relationship. Maybe it was a job. Something came before God. But today you're saying, Dave, I'm making a decision to put God back first place in my heart. First place in my life today. If that's you, I'm going to count to three real quick. I just want to pray for you. Uh, here in the room, online, you pop up a little hand emoji over. Anderson, just lift your hand when I count to three. And let me pray for you real quick. One two anybody never made the decision or need to put him back first place three real quick all across the room god bless you god bless you god bless you bless you bless you bless you bless you many hands up in the risers god bless you over anderson online god bless you come on put your hands together for those that are making a decision today to say yes to jesus father i thank you for those that said yes today lord you said it's as easy as this if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth Jesus Christ is Lord. I think you don't condemn us, but you do convict us. You show us those areas of our heart, things in our life that may need to change. But you said if we'd confess Jesus Christ is Lord, we'd be saved. I want everyone, just everyone say those words with me. Say, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is, my Lord. is my Lord. Best decision you'll ever make. If you made that decision, I can't think of any better place to continue that journey than right here at Seven Hills. Get in here every chance you can. Bring your family. Get your kids in the kids' mission. I'm telling you, 12 months from now, you'll be like, that was the best decision that I ever made. Maybe you're, maybe you're making that decision. Maybe, maybe God is first place in your, in your heart, but there's some other areas you haven't quite put them there yet, and maybe this is one of the areas. Someone challenged my wife and I in that little government-assisted apartment where we were. What God said is, I want to partner with you. Put me first. And someone challenged me to try it, to put God to the test, try it for 90 days. He said, if it doesn't work, quit doing it. Hey, if it, if it doesn't work, if, God, if it doesn't work, God's not telling the truth. My goodness, don't you want to find out now? Right, you don't want to get up to heaven. He's been telling us there's mansions and pearly gates and it's just a motel. I mean, I want to know if God's telling the truth. If he's telling the truth, he said to test me. Come on, put it to the test, see. See if I'm not telling you the truth. Why don't you try it for 90 days? Try it. Try it this summer. And, and if your life's not doing better, I mean, if God hasn't blessed you, he, I mean, that's what he said he would do. Why not try it? Why not try it? Maybe you never have tried it before. I encourage you to make a decision today. Why not start today before you leave? Online at the giving kit? Start today. Why wait? It's a faith. It's a trust. It's not a money issue. It's a trust issue. It's just saying, God, today I choose to trust you. Maybe you've been inconsistent. Your window's kind of going up and down. It's not that you don't love God. It's not that you've never given anything, but you haven't been consistent with that first, that 10%, the first piece of the pie. And you say, Dave, man, that, that spoke to me today. And I, I want to put God first when it comes to my possessions because I understand everything I've got came from him. How many, that, how many of that encouraged you a little bit today, spoke to you a
0: little bit today? If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to hit the subscribe button. And if you want to experience daily content, messages, and inspiration, go ahead and sign up for Daily Bread with PM by visiting sevenhillschurch.tv dbpm. Thanks for listening to the Seven Hills Church Podcast.